Oh my gosh, I got so scared. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was going crazy. (laughs) It's because we have a Mickey Mouse toy, so he's imitating it. Oh my gosh, that was so scary because, like, I guess Anchor has like this like elevator music when you're in the waiting room, and then all of a sudden it's like, Thank you for tuning into Just Life and Lessons Learned. Hi, I'm Moya, and this is my podcast where I talk about life and lessons I've learned from it. Um, that felt so weird saying that when someone else is listening. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. So today I am joined by a friend, Andrea, who is also the creator and host of her own podcast called Just Getting Started. So is there anything else? that you would like to share about yourself talk about um well thank you for the introduction yes my name is andrea and i'm so happy to be able to do this podcast today with you and uh, just a mother of two children two babies yeah two babies <laughs> two babies uh my son just turned two last week and i'm really just here to share the journey of motherhood with with everybody so yeah yeah that's so crazy because i just heard your latest podcast where you talked about the two under two but like as of not that long ago you're no longer two under two now you're two with a (laughs) (laughs) two-year-old yeah yeah that's so crazy i love that you're like so open to like sharing like these like parts of your life because i feel like you know, when you're like a first time mom, or even if you're not, you're like a second time mom, like you don't always have people around you who like know how to deliver certain messages to you, like in real life, if that makes sense. So it's kind of cool to like go somewhere else and like receive that kind of like insight, information, or even just like support. So that's why I really love your podcast. Honestly, I always listen to it and I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel like we're talking. <laughs> yeah I think one of the things I strive to do is be really authentic with the motherhood experience I don't like to sugarcoat it and a lot of I feel like a lot of people think that motherhood is very easy um and that a lot of things are just natural but I feel like reality everything is a learning experience so everything takes time exactly like you really have to put the work in to kind of like get your ish together and stuff like that so I love that. I love that you do that. I also love that like your kids are sometimes like in the background. So yeah. it's kind of like, you know, this is a real person. Obviously, you're a real person. I know you in real life. <laughs> <You're not laughs> but it's so easy to get like caught up in like social media and like Instagram and like the mommy influencing, you know, like it's all an aesthetic. But in real life, like it's not an aesthetic. It's real life. And it's kind of hard. Yeah, you, and I'm sure you'll hear my kids in the background of this podcast as well. <laughs> yeah, mine's sleeping, so if she wakes up, I'm going to have to go grab her, and then she'll make her debut, too. <laughs> <laughs> so before I get started, I do want to state a trigger warning. In today's episode, we will be discussing the hardships and successes regarding infant feeding and dabble into some postpartum and mood disorders, so if you don't feel comfortable talking about that or hearing about those lead topics, I invite you to click out and just wait for next week's episode, which should be a little bit more lighter. 
Would you say that you were well informed on newborn feeding options in preparation for raising a baby? So like whether that was like during your pregnancy or post-pregnancy? No, I was not. Honestly, when it came down to it, I feel like the expectation from everybody, whether it was nurse practitioners, doctors, uh, my own mother, my grandmother, um, uh, everybody expected me to just automatically breastfeed. Mm -hmm. So other options were just not even mentioned. I was kind of shamed for even mentioning formula as an option. And I just remember thinking like, oh, well, then formula must be like really horrible. And it must be really bad if everybody's telling me, you know, breastfeeding is my only option. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't understand why it was just such a bad thing to give your child formula because, you know, I my husband Um, His mother, my mother-in-law was actually the one who was the only person who was like, yeah, you can give your baby formula. And I was just like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You know, we always hear the the term breast is best. Yeah. A lot. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think something that and I've seen you as well on social media kind of advocate for is, you know, fed is best overall. Yeah. I don't know. I I don't like the like this pretentious like vibe or energy that goes alongside with like breastfeeding because I would say like for me, I didn't really know much about like formula feeding or even like pumping and like bottle feeding breast milk. I just knew like you put the baby to the tit and they'll eat it. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I remember like whenever people would ask me it made me so uncomfortable like to answer the question because I'm like well I I plan on breastfeeding but I don't know is it gonna work like I don't know like I might do formula I don't know and what about like what my husband wants to do as a father like he might want to feed her too and I might not be comfortable pumping I mean I don't I didn't know much about it back then either I agree it's just uh That's why I always tell people now, um, just to reference, I have um, my sister-in-law and another one of my friends who have openly told me, like, why didn't you tell me that breastfeeding was hard? And I was just in awe. And I was like, "Um, you never asked. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's why I say it. Everyone always assumes it's so easy that you just put Mm -hmm. a baby's mouth to to your boob and there it is. And, you know, there's no talk of, like, latching or baby's not being able to latch it's just you know your body is doing it so that means your body should uh your baby should have it yeah and everyone's like oh it's it'll come so naturally but then you're like does it though because like I feel like for me I had to do a lot of research and stuff in order to make it feel quote-unquote natural so I'm kind of like how did that really come up naturally in that case I like I had so many questions and very little answers yeah, I feel like, and that's something I've referenced to in my own podcast is the number one thing that I did as a first-time mom with just my son was go to Google. For Dr. Google. Dr. Google, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it's just like, uh, I, that's why I said, even in the medical place, they were kind of just, um, with my second child, with my daughter, um, I was very clear with what I wanted due to my experience with breastfeeding. I wanted to pump. Yeah. And- one was very judgmental of that um even my own mother she was like why don't you just do breastfeeding again it's just easier and I remember um a lactation specialist because in Kaiser the hospital that I go to the insurance that covers it 
they actually give you a lactation specialist if you ask for it after birth. And just to make sure that your baby's being fed in the first 24 hours, you have Yeah. And she was just very, um, they usually, they help you with the breastfeeding and the latching and everything. And I, when I went into the appointment, I told her, uh, you don't need to help me with that because I'm doing it through the bottle. And she was just like so concerned. She was like, well, then how many ounces is your baby drinking? And you know, uh, how is she drinking at night? I don't know. And I was like, that's the same, same amount, you know, when it's just in a bottle. <laughs> yeah, kind of like going off what you were saying. It just kind of sucks because, like, I felt the same way when I was in the hospital. Like, um, there's just so much, like, concern when it comes to, like, breastfeeding your baby. Because when I, like, when I was postpartum, like, I honestly had a really great experience with breastfeeding and my daughter latching on. Like, it was just such a really, like, I don't know, such a rude analogy in not supporting, like, my husband wanting to, like, connect with our daughter through bottle feeding. And I feel like that's very common um, with lactation consultants at the hospital because a lot of my friends who've also had, like, babies have had similar experiences to that. Yeah, and honestly, that's why I say it's just so, it's hard in the beginning, especially as a new time mom, because you kind of, you're relying on, you know, the medical professionals to, you know, to, to for guidance. And then when they tell you this, you're just like, you're, like you said, you're already exhausted. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm doing everything that I can. I, I just need a break sometimes. Exactly. So I have another question. Most pregnant people anticipate, oh, I guess you kind of already answered that, but if you want to kind of get more into detail. So most pregnant people anticipate breastfeeding once they give birth, but was that the case for you? I guess I, yeah, I just kind of expected that I would do that just because the stigma was, you know, just do it. Everybody else is doing it. It's natural and all of that. Yeah, I can agree with that too. Like for me, I'm like, well, like I did want to breastfeed and then yeah like that's what happened but with that said like I guess I kind of want to hear more about your support system when it came to like your postpartum feeding experience like do you feel like you had that support to breastfeed or even when you were wanting to do like bottle feeding like do you feel like you had that support um I feel like in the very beginning yes I had a lot of support um like I said, I had my mother who, um, and honestly, we've had this conversation since she actually didn't tell me the full extent of her breastfeeding journey until I was struggling. Um, and she recommended that I do bottle later on with my first son because she saw the struggle. And then mm-hmm. um, turns out my mother, she had um, mastitis, which is a I don't know the correct term. You probably have it somewhere, but it's basically like a boob disease, a boob <laughs> a clog, disease. A clogged ducts that gets infected and everything. And she, um, she had that maybe like six or seven times, like per child. And uh, I ended up catching that as well. And so for me, I was struggling very much that I still had people who were like, "Well, keep breastfeeding, keep breastfeeding. It's the best thing." Um, But my mother ended up like switching and telling people like, no, she's doing that. But, you know, at what cost? She needs to have her health come first. 
and then same with my husband near um near the one mo- the one year mark of my son because I had decided because I was struggling so much to breastfeed him as much as I did enjoy it um it was very very difficult for me and I decided that I was going to stop it one when he turned 1 years old um my husband was also trying to like tell people you know leave her alone like if she wants to stop breastfeeding or if she wants feeding like that's not your place it's her decision and it's her place and so my mother and my husband were really the ones who had to keep everyone in check because everyone you know always has their own opinion of what they want to say about you know someone else's body which is a whole other podcast but <laughs> i think people like tend to forget that your breasts are still a part of your body and just because you have a baby doesn't mean that they get like you lose ownership of that because then they kind of just see your boobs as like these like I guess like a bottle for your baby but I'm like well it's still part of my body and if at some point like it's causing me stress or in your case it's causing I found the definition of mastitis by the way it's an infection of the breast tissue resulting in pain swelling warmth and redness this condition is commonly seen among breastfeeding women so I've never had it but from what you've talked about it and then I also have had like another friend who also went through it like it looks painful and it sounds so painful like I mean I can only imagine like feeling the need to like breastfeed when your breasts are in so much pain yeah and that's something that again a lot of people don't really understand unless they're going through it I learned a lot about you know mastitis and then um I actually had another um issue which isn't that common but it's called vasospasms mm-hmm. and it's basically again I don't know if you have a medical term or whatever <laughs> I'm on I, Google it right now <laughs> but um when and it recur- it was starting to occur near that one year mark because I was pregnant and breastfeeding mm-hmm. uh my nipples would burn it was like they were squeezing and pulling squeezing and pulling even after um he was unlatched oh my god extreme it was like very very bad pain so that's why when it came to feeding my daughter I knew that uh as much as like I knew the benefits of breast milk I was still going to give that to her Mm -hmm. I want to endure going through mastitis and vasospasms again because I was just like in so much physical pain I just didn't want to do that and I didn't want to ruin that bonding experience just because of the issues that I was having yeah so wait I'm I'm kind of curious now it's based did it look like I don't know if this is PMI but did it look like your baby was like still suckling on your nipple even though they weren't on it it was just like doing the movement no so it was still it's um it's literally felt like my boob was contracting though there was no actual movement it was just the pain that that still sounds really painful oh my gosh i mean how did you how did you get through that like what was your process in like did you go to a doctor like did you get it diagnosed or did you like do more like holistic treatments so um at that point my son was about to hit the one year mark and so mm-hmm. the doctor was happening because I was pregnant they actually um the doctor was suggesting that it could have been because um the blood vessels in my 
towards the baby was the reason why my breasts were contracting that way. Mm-hmm. And so they just suggested that I stopped breastfeeding together anyways. And so, um, I, just, <coughs> um, you know, I wanted to breastfeed at least to a year. So I kind of, uh, I didn't really have a specific treatment for it. I kind of just endured the pain because I wanted to get to the year mark. Sorry, I was choking on water. <laughs> <laughs> You're okay. Dang, so how was the weaning process for you? Dang, I mean, that sounds kind of like quick too. And like, I mean, I don't know if there's other people who take a lot longer for like the weaning process. Oh, would you say like yours felt kind of extreme within that short period of time or? I decided to do just cold turkey. So just tried Mm -hmm. that. And then the second day I couldn't do that because I just was so, it, it just broke my heart to just hear him cry like that. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, it took some time, but like I said, I feel like my son is a fast learner in a lot of things. I mean, yeah, he was walking at what age? Like eight months or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy to me. I remember I saw that video and I was like, wait, didn't she like just had her baby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he picks up things really quickly. And so I think he knew when I would, because um, I started as well, because um, when I was breastfeeding him, I like my my breasts were out there. I was wearing like tank tops or like just bras and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I switched to like actually wearing full on shirts. <laughs> I think he kind of got the message like, oh, that the the boob that's closed <laughs> like that's not happening. Like, oh, my mom's dressing really modest now. <laughs> <laughs> it's really helpful for like other moms or other like parents to be to like hear different perspectives and just kind of get like some insight um as to like what they can expect and stuff like that but speaking on that i asked on reddit um a couple of moms if they had any questions or need of advice i don't know if that's accurate or not but that's what i said i got it off of google but um (laughs) honestly for me and i'm currently going through it right now um Mm -hmm. i just pump anyways no milk is coming out I'm just pumping just to get the flow so they say that your brain will transfer into I don't know how it works exactly I'm not a scientist or a doctor (laughs) (laughs) but basically like your um as you pump your breast is signaling to your brain hey I need more milk you know I need more milk and so eventually over time it's like I said it's not going to occur in like a 24 hours um, as long as you're pumping at your breast even if nothing is coming out your supply will slowly grow yeah I know that there's a website called La Leche League um, it's an organization for like breastfeeding mothers and they also talk about like other forms of like infant feeding such as like formula and I'm, I think there's like one other thing I think it's like donor donor milk and stuff like that or they, they talk a lot about this method called power pumping. Mm. And I guess it's like you pump for like five minutes every like hour or so. You'd have to go on the website to see the specifics. I should have pulled it. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, you'll have to go on the website to like see the specifics. But they do cover that. So that is an option. And I also found this like pamphlet. It's called Increasing Breast Milk Supply methods for boosting production and it says to um do skin to skin contact so it's like cuddling your baby like skin to skin so like you could remove your shirt and like 
have your baby in a diaper, you know, doing that as much as you can. And I know it gets harder if you like work because it's like you don't have as much time or you're not around your baby as often. But like just, I don't know, before you go to bed or like every morning, just like set some time and like do skin to skin. And there's also the frequent breastfeeding. But again, that's something that not everyone has the privilege of doing, especially if like you are working. So pumping is a good alternative to that. And then there's also breast compressions, which I don't know if like you know about that. Do you know what like about breast compressions? No, I do not. No. So basically it's like a boob massage. So I used to do this a lot <laughs> every, and I kind of still do it. So whenever I'm in the shower, I just kind of like, oh my gosh, I, I'm going to sound like such a weirdo. I basically like milk myself in the shower. <laughs> like a cow and it just to kind of help everything like move and stuff like that um and it also feels good because when you're like constantly like breastfeeding your boobs get really sore so just like doing that in the shower um is it's supposed to be like it's supposed to help is it like expressing are you like expressing on purpose or is it just like yeah so there was someone else um and I guess, like, I, if you're comfortable sharing your experience, I know you're still figuring it out, but it might be helpful to this mom. Um, she wants to know about, she said, I work a job that will require me to be away from baby from at least 9.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. during the week. And I'm worried that I won't get to breastfeed much or even at all after returning to the office. So I know that you are currently transitioning to, or like you're you're doing other feeding message message methods, um, and you are back at work. So how are you like navigating through this new like schedule, routine, and like journey with your daughter? Um, well, first off, um, props to that mom. I know how hard it is to leave your child while you go to work. It's and definitely the stress of the whole process of feeding is very stressful as well. I can feel it. <laughs> what I have done is I have still stuck to some breast milk. So I tried to, what I'm doing as well is, like I said, I'm pumping. Mm -hmm. So legally, I don't know where, where this mother is, um, but legally in California, you are um, allotted a time to basically pump. So you're allowed a 45 time, 45 minute break. I believe it's every three to four hours. Um, I do it every three hours. I, I remind them, I'm like, hey, I gotta go pump because this is, you know, I have a daughter at home. Mm -hmm. And I, it doesn't really matter to me if it inconveniences them because, you know, my daughter deserves to be fed. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of just put my foot down and I'm like, yep, I gotta go, I gotta go pump. And you guys gotta find some coverage for me right now because <laughs> I got to do what I got to do. Um, but if that's not available to you, I would definitely say, um, you know, again, there's a don't have stigma to use formula if you need to use it. Because at the end of the day, um, like we said earlier in the podcast, what's best is that your your child is being fed. Mm -hmm. We just don't want to have a situation where she or he is just suffering because 
they're hungry because that's like the worst feeling in the world is feeling like you can't feed your child so definitely you know we can do the pumping or the supplementing with formula as well I think something that's like really hard is like a lot of times those of us or like those who want to exclusively breastfeed become so rigid on that if there comes a moment where you might need to supplement with formula or formula might just be the best bet when it comes to the new lifestyle that you're taking on um we tend to become like really insecure about that my advice is just to kind of you know again what andrea said yeah in california you are um by law you are allowed to have time to like pump and stuff you know if at any point like you do need to do formula like don't beat yourself up for it like um it doesn't make you a bad mom it doesn't make you less than a mom who is exclusively breastfeeding unfortunately like here in america breastfeeding has become a privilege because not every mom can stay home some of them do have to work because how else are you going to pay the bills and also some of us have to work because i mean staying home with your kid it takes a toll on you mentally and sometimes you you do need to prioritize your mental health and if going to work and um, fulfilling a purpose in that aspect of your life is going to help center you and balance you out in order for you to be the best mother to your kids like you know it's a it's a compromise that needs to be made and that's okay and you know you can breastfeed at any time there's no like oh well you have to like you have to breastfeed like every certain amount of hours in order to like maintain a connection like no if you just want to breastfeed like every morning like cuddle with your baby and just like breastfeed for I don't know how long they eat my my kids sometimes will breastfeed for like 30 minutes if it's just like a cuddle session but just again setting aside that time if that's what you need in order to feel connected um and yeah yeah I think definitely um you basically summed up how I'm feeling <laughs> lately. Uh, just because I think just to say this as well. Um, um, like I said, I had a difficult journey breastfeeding with my first child. Mm-hmm. That doesn't take away like the positives and the, you know, I, I still do. I miss when he was younger and he was just cuddling and falling asleep on me. And I would, I still miss like the little, um, little pinches that you know you just felt in the little hair pulls I do miss it but at the end of the day um my decisions have to be for myself as well because if I'm not okay then my children are not going to be able to have a healthy functioning mother to look for and to have comfort to and so that's the big part of the breastfeeding journey as well yes (laughs) is your mental health because ultimately, like we were saying, it's your body, um, but it's also your mind that goes into it as well. Exactly. And I think like basically what we said would kind of be the same thing we would tell like a parent, a breastfeeding parent who's struggling in their breastfeeding journey is just, again, um, your health comes first. And there's so much like, 
negative or even like rigid stigma out there when it comes to breastfeeding it's like breastfeeding kind of has this like purity connotation to it it's like breastfeeding isn't perfect um if you give your baby like a bottle or formula like i don't know like once every now and then like it doesn't mean that your breastfeeding journey is ruined and uh my advice to that would just be to you know prioritize yourself like what do you need and what what do you need in order to give your child what they need exactly the method you choose to nurture your child is a personal one you're allowed to mourn an unexpected redirection such as whether you wanted to formula feed and you had to breastfeed or whatever it may be um you're allowed to show no interest in following the same path as those around you um without ridicule and to breast to the breastfeeding parent um or the one just kind of anticipating their options we hope today's episode provided you with perspective and validation and I want to thank you, Andrea, for joining me today and sharing your stories and advice and your insight. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was really nice having you. And we hope you enjoyed today's episode on Just Life and Lessons Learned. Make sure to check out Andrea's podcast, um, Just Getting Started. She has really good episodes. They're real. They're they're also like nice and short. They don't take up like too much of your time, which I like. I like the shorter, like short episodes. This one might be kind of long. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to cover here. So. Yeah, there's a lot to cover here. So I'll catch you on the next one. Bye.